so I hook up a lot of, you know, and my section is like funk, soul, jazz, rap, R&B. So like I, when artists come through, you know, if, if I can't get them on my show, which is just hip hop, then I send them to the other DJs and, you know, kind of help people get connected. Specifically hip hop, no, um, like reggae or anything? Yeah, yeah, uh, so yeah, so er, I guess urban music is, let's face it there, it's black music is what they mean. But, you know, any the urban sector is uh, hip hop, rap, reggae, funk, soul, jazz, blues, and am I missing one? I think I hit them all, right? I believe so. Yeah, I'm pretty not, sure. No country. No country in there. No, no, no. Definitely not. Whoa, what type of music do you listen to? I listen to country. Country? I listen to... Well, I mean, I listen to hip-hop. Mostly. Hip-hop. Mostly rap and hip-hop. But uh, I listen to, like, Blink-182. That type of style. Like, pop-punk. Pop-punk. Have you heard of Daft Punk? Daft? Daft Punk? Daft Punk, yeah. I, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're wow. sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a... Uh, welcome back to Cool Vibes. Wanna say again? What's happening, everybody? I'm Brenboy, B-Boy style. Big chillin' here. Cool Vibes. Oh, yeah. And... How'd you get verified on Instagram? Uh, I was like... I know there's like a whole process and shit you gotta go through yeah. and everything. That's, that's dope. Like, how'd you get verified? Like, you gotta submit... Um, to Facebook, who owns Facebook. Instagram. Well, now it's Meta that owns both of them. Mm. Um, but yeah, you just submit to them, and if your Google ranking is high enough, and there's enough press, mm. and um, like, you know, things online that give your Google score higher, uh, high and high enough ranking, then when you apply for it, for it, they'll automatically verify you if you meet all the criteria you know and on Spotify how how are you able to build your following your view count because I saw in there it's like 44k like there's a lot of views so how are you able to build that and when do you start the Spotify game um, I started that in 2019 probably maybe 18 is when I started taking it a little more serious or at least just studying like how this whole thing works you know at what age uh, what was I, 27? 27. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was just always doing other things with music. I was always focused into the production side. I went to school for music production in Portland, and then I went to Berkeley for music marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, like, all this, you know, understanding of it, but it was time to actually start implementing it for myself. So that was around the time where... Uh, I started actually taking everything that I learned from production and sonic arts, but also production, um, promotion and marketing. And then I started saying, okay, let's try it with my first artist, which is Brenboy. Boom. Mm. And I saw one of your songs, it's like Blueberry Pancakes. Yeah, Blueberry Pancakes. Blueberry Pancakes, yeah. And then I saw on one of your podcasts that you had like the weed, um, the pre-rolls. Like pre-rolls, yeah. 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 So you, you still sell those? Yeah, those are like a merch product. Merch product. Um, I wanted to bring you one, but we actually sold out of our last batch. I actually don't smoke. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, not anymore. Not anymore. Okay, what made you stop? Uh, after I took shrooms, I just tripped the fuck out. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, wow. It was... 
All right, let's get back focused here, man. My mind is too out of here. Let's get back to... That's wild. What? Let's see. Oh, your other merch. What other, I guess, side hustles? You do music. Yeah. Do you make, do you produce? So I do have a, a background in music production. I do produce, but I take more of the executive producer role. So I help a lot of artists in town when they have a project that they want to actually make and distribute and market, you know. Um, they might be at one of the beginning stages and they've come to me to kind of piece the whole project together and to kind of like show, okay, here's the rollout plan. So my production is not necessarily getting my hands dirty, sliding faders and twisting knobs. It's more of the executive role of taking the artist to the studio, communicating with the engineer, um, letting the artist come in there and just play the artist role. You know, I want them, whatever their artist name is, I want them to just act like that the whole studio time, the session, Smart. you know, and let us do the nerdy shit, you know. Mm -hmm. Sorry, am I allowed to cuss on here? Yeah, all right, all right. Um, I'm talking about screws already. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's legal now in Oregon, so you can yeah, say anything, you know. But, um, but yeah, man, so... I produce for other artists like in that manner and help them with their promotion, their rollout. And my company, Rip City Basement, is um, an artist services company. So when you, whenever artists have the music out and they need services to grow it, I help them with that. That's cool. And how do you find these artists, or do they just hit you up, or is there like a whole like how would an artist? I guess hit you up just on Instagram basically or like a rapper or yeah. You know, yeah. If I showed you my DMs, man, it would make you want to throw up. See? It's so, stupid, man. A lot of, well, that's where I'm, you know, it goes down in the DM, right? Like people are there. So, but yeah, it's a lot of beat makers and artists mm. asking, having those questions. Right. So it's more so like who catches my attention because oh, I can't always open every single one you know message it mm. might take me seven weeks to open that message so if somebody for example shout out to my guy DJ addition he's a part of this DJ collect uh, collection the rap attack DJs we're all part of this group of DJs and we share music with each other so he hit me up and said hey I got an artist that is running promo through me he's coming to Portland with Afro man on tour can you interview him and I said, sure, what's his name? And he said, Mr. Jones, look out for his name. So I went in my DMs, I found Mr. Jones, I clicked on it and said, hey, what's up, bro? And I answered his question. But had DJ Edition, my homeboy, not hit me up, I wouldn't even have known to look for it because who's Mr. Jones? I, I don't, that could be anybody, you know? But yeah, so it's more so like, how do you catch the person's attention? That's true, you know? An artist that's, that's upcoming that once to get your attention to be on like a, a, your podcast or to want to be or I guess like in the studio with you or with other like your crew how would that work like obviously they'd have to have like multiple other connections that have to know your people and it's like it's a whole process but like if someone wants to get on like the top rank like how would that work or is probably I don't know how it, that it, do, it does it does it, yeah it works out um, it's all about incentives like with me or with any person that you're trying to get their attention what is their incentive to work with you as an artist you know obviously money talks 
But um, for me, it's, you know, I understand not everybody's going to have a bag to make those serious moves. So if they're, you know, if there's the music, the music business, and then there's the music industry. So I just meet people wherever they're at. If they say, hey, I'm just trying to make the music and I'm looking for a studio. Okay, cool, man. Like we could, we, I could take you to plenty of studios. Which one do you want to go to, you know? Or if they're, in, they're like, no, I got production. I already know how to do that. I just need to, I don't know how to set up a business. Then I help them structure so that they can start earning. That's basically what you went to school for. Yeah. And then I've been doing it for myself, friend boy, for so long that other artists started saying, hey, I like the way your music is mastered. How do you get it to sound like that? Well, sock it to my pockets and we'll talk, you know? What was your first hit, hit, uh, hit song? First hit song. I love that you asked that question. I wouldn't say that I've had a hit yet because my standards are really high for what a hit means. You know, a hit is like the song that actually went and was bigger than your region. So I would say I haven't had a hit yet, but I would say the first song that I, the single that I released that started me getting started getting me attention at the industry level was a song called Cantina Love, and it was an ode to Latina women. Um, just because I'm a half Mexican, I come from a Chicano family, so I'm like, you know, I, you don't hear a lot of people kind of repping like doing American style rap, but shouting out like Latinas or Ch Chicano culture. You more so hear like Chicano rap. But that's a certain, that's a particular sound. I do American rap styles. I just happen to be Chicano. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted, I wanted to make something that was like, you know, shout out to the Latina girls. So, you know, yeah. I had a girl from Chihuahua, Uchiwali. She was hottie. Firefight with the body. Ooh. That's my type of party. I tried to rip the dart out of my heart when I got shot. Damn, Cupid, you got timing like a motherfucker, dog. We tend to fall in lust at night and break up in the morn. It ain't really love when you wake up and wish I'm gone. I had this girl from Michoacan. She was one of the baddest. I met her on the dance floor. This story's one of the saddest. Went from laughing to dancing, dancing to my mansion. I played some aventura, that's music for romancing. I called her little chula. She told me I was handsome, but she don't want to rush things. And now my mind is canted, but you can't see past my shades. And I ain't no mind reader. I must have prejudged your booty shake and misread your demeanor. Darker than night were the eyes of Christina. I think I fell in love again after a cantina. You know when you're out with your boys and you're like, bro, I fell in love with this girl. Yeah, and then the next boy, day you're like, bro, did you see that girl from last night? And the next day you're like, oh, bro, but that girl with the white pants, bro. And so it's like a lighthearted, kind of like, you know, falling in love again at the cantina, you know. Is it really love or is it lust? Lust. Lust, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And your music, when did you start? Started, I believe, like 18. No, no, started 2018. Yeah, right, right. there. Yeah, I literally threw in the towel at my job. I was working at Pine State Biscuits on Alberta Street. Oof. Um, I was in music school working for them. I, I got out of the military six years in infantry unit, went to school for music production. As I was in school, I was working at Pine State Biscuits, and then I think it was. November 19th of 2017, I quit my job. I told them, I'm not coming into work tomorrow. And I, I was wiping down with a white towel and I 
literally threw in the towel, bro. What was the last straw? Like, what made you just want to say, fuck it, I'm out? Because the universe, all right? So I had an opportunity to go. There's a tour that was coming through town, and I had an opportunity to perform. And I said, hey, I got. I need someone to cover my shift on Saturday. And it was like, I gave them plenty of notice. No one could cover it. So they said, hey, <laughs> if you don't come in tomorrow, it's a no-call, no-show. I'm like, what do you mean it's a no-call? I'm calling you right now. It's just a no-show. And they're like, yeah, well, that's, if you have one of those, like, you're, you're done here. And I was like, I'm already, I'm not trying to, like, own Pine State Biscuits, you know. I'm trying to be a rapper. So I was like, oh, it's not a big deal, you know. I told everybody goodbye. It's going to be my last day because I'm not going to show up tomorrow. And they said, well, that's, everyone loved me there. You know, it was all love. But I just threw in the towel and I was like, I'm not coming to this shift. I'm going to go to this rap show. You just felt like you had to elevate? Yeah, I was like, well, it's straight up like this. If you're trying to be a professional um, artist in any manner, are professional artists working at Pine State Biscuits? To begin with, I feel like that's that's sort of smart to begin with to like level up. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just like basically starting and right. you're rapping and everything on the side, uh -huh. and you, you just started and think like, oh fuck it, I'm gonna quit. Like I highly suggest like you just started like chill, yeah. like, let yeah, it yeah. let it elevate a little right, bit, right. find a good opportunity, and then be like, I I agree. Now what about when that person's not at the beginning stages? Oh then, yeah. What if they're they have Every, the whole entire package everything that all, they check all the boxes and they're ready to go from the music to the business to the industry do you think they should be I'll put it this way if somebody calls and you you're like oh I can't answer the call Mr. Music Promoter because I'm not on my 10 minute break yet what? you have to be able to answer yeah. calls at 2pm on a Monday when they come in oh I get my lunch at 4 so we'll talk then no, you talk to music executives, they're like, click, I have five other people that I have to call this hour and I'll, call, I'll do business with one of them. What's up? Oh, you don't work at a restaurant? You are taking it serious? Let's go, here's the contract, you know? Did doing that, obviously it took you to the next level, right? Like how was life after that? Everything, I, I, I like straight up rolled the dice on myself and everything started falling into place, like magical manifesting, you know, people talk about that in today's world, like people always talk about like, oh, I manifested my dream. You ever hear like hippie girls talk yeah. about that? It literally, you know, I was always into that kind of side of things, but it started happening like that because one of my favorite artists growing up was Andre Nicotina. And I what, met him when I was 15 and I looked I was at his concert backstage and got to meet him and I was looking around like, this is this guy's life, man. He got two big booty girls over here on, on a couch like this, you know, a, a table full of rapper refreshments, you know, uh, food over here. And I'm looking around like, uh, this is a cool lifestyle. He just travels around from city to city. So fast forward, after I threw in that towel, I go do the show I end up meeting one of his road managers. And we had 
dinner together. Like I went, he, I caught him at a bar and I told him who I was. I told him, oh, I'm rapping across the street in a little bit. And he's like, oh yeah, I'm helping with the show. And so I was like, oh, so that's cool. You ride with Andre, you know, what's the deal? And he kind of gave me some advice on uh, just being professional and, and not being, you know, just being professional. He, he told me that was a big deal. So I was like, okay, cool. So fast forward, I put out an EP, package it up. I, I, I had to quit my job because I needed to learn how to package it. So after doing all the research and learning how to package it, I put it out there and I got booked to open for Andre Nicotina on tour three years in a row. And I ended up getting to meet him and you know, at that time, that was a big deal to me because I was like, oh, it's somebody I looked up to growing up and now I'm opening for you on your tours. But after three years, you just get used to it. It's like, this is normal. This is normal, yeah. seeing people backstage and rapping. Where do you see yourself? I guess like, where do you want to be in a couple of years? Cause, because like, obviously like, since since you worked with your, I guess, idol growing up, like what what's the next thing for you? Like, obviously like, oh, you're at this point now, you've already done it, wow. What's, what's next for you? Well, like that was just the start of things. After that, it's like, what else can I manifest? You know, nice. so that's a exactly how you put it is how I feel about it. Instead of asking the question, like, where do you, where are you, what are you trying to do with this? Mm. I'm already doing it. Yeah. I'm just trying to grow it now. Mm. I'm not trying to do anything more. I'm just trying to grow on all levels. You know, the music, the merch, the acting, you know, the pers the, the uh, podcast, the radio, everything. I just want to grow it, but I've already made it to where I, what I want to do was to be a professional in the entertainment industry, and I'm here. So now it's just growing it more? Grow it. Work with more people, you know, open for, I ended up opening for more people, you know, I ended up meeting more people in the industry, and, and the industry level is a small circle. It's a much smaller circle than, than you would think. When you say industry level, what do you mean? Like, you know, the local level where mm -hmm. people are independent and they own, they doing this, or are you using major connections who can snap their finger and make it all happen for you in a day? There's the guerrilla style, and you'll still get there where you wanna be, but there's also just building relationships with people who are genies and if you have good relationships with people who like you, you know, cause it's, uh, it's like 95% about who you know. Connections. Connections, yeah, you know, just good energy, good vibes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Cool vibes. Cool vibes. Yeah. What, let's see, you're signed, right? I believe you're signed, yes. Yes, I'm signed to a, a label for a distribution deal. Distribution deal, and how long is it for? Um, it's for, it's each, each year so every year I have an option to re-sign and keep going or I can cut it and dip um, this is my second year I'm not I don't have plans on re-signing with anybody else I'm pretty cool with the deal I have you hear all those like crazy horror stories of artists getting burnt over a deal over a deal you're cool with it I'm cool with it I understand exactly what's going on I understand why I give the label 30% and I understand what things cost me now versus what they would cost me if I was not 
signed because if you don't if you're not under one of those major umbrellas it could get real rainy they you help know? i heard sign to a label helps out with a lot of things like i, I believe um the shows and everything like usually an independent artist would have to pay for like the shows the events and certain things but the, doesn't the label just handle all that and you just perform no no whoa no. so what does the label do <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is the crazy thing like there's no information out there they don't make it easy for people to understand this but there's five components to a label or an independent artist who's handling their own stuff artist development production distribution publishing and promo slash marketing so if you've already have your stuff developed which I already developed myself the artist that labels are not going to do a hundred percent of the things for me I'm already doing one mind you if they do a hundred percent they're gonna take a hundred percent at least 90 so I don't want that right so I developed myself production like I said I have a background in that um, Distribution is easy. DistroKid, TuneCore, CD Baby, pick one. Symphonic, there's plenty of them out there. Publishing, I know I know what I'm doing because I, in my mid-20s, I didn't go to the booty clubs. I stayed home on Saturdays in my Jordan shorts studying publishing. So the only thing I would need help with is, which everybody, no matter if you're independent or signed, for the rest of your life, you're going to need help with marketing and promo so when you approach the label it's like if i can do all these myself what do you have to offer well it sounds like marketing and promo That's is something if you can make what costs eight thousand dollars if you can make it five hundred dollars for me we got a deal what costs 13 grand if i only paid 700 for it we got a deal these are real numbers by the way things in the industry nothing's free you know you gotta have to grease somebody's palm to do something. So, um, yeah, just connection. The label's good for Experience. connections, uh, major connections, major promo. Who are some big artists that you've met? Uh, big artists I've met? Okay, name drop time. I don't know, let's see. Well, Andre Nicotina, Snow the Product, um, Fat Boy SSE, um, Keep the Sneak, Glasses Malone, uh, Chanel. Um, I've met with a lot of like managers, like people who are, I know a lot of people's managers, you know. Um, so your connection is slowly growing. So yeah. You're making more and more connections. Oh, yes. Yeah. I've met, there's probably several people. E40, I had dinner with E40, that was cool. Um, he was one of the coolest guys. Mozzie. Mozzie. Mozzie is one of the, I would say he's one of the most like humble people and like just straight up, uh, you could tell that he's happy with doing what he's doing. Like you come from the streets and then you come, uh, come rise up in the industry. Like how can you not be happy and like smile as his blessings, you know? So he, he had really good energy. I liked, I liked, uh meeting him, uh, let's see, YG. Okay, now you're naming people that 
I've heard it. That you've heard it? <laughs> <laughs> Beginning, All those like, other people are like, like uh, you're just shaking your head like, oh, yeah, that's cool, bro. Yeah, yeah. But these, fuck are these guys? Yeah, these are cool, really. Yeah. There are some people I'm forgetting. Uh, I don't know. I can't even think of anymore. It's some actors that I've met. Oh, yeah, acting. You want to get into that, or are you already... You already got your foot in the door. So in my song, Blueberry Pancakes, I have a line that says, I might kick some more flows and then get into acting. One foot in the streets, but no more ski masking. People keep asking me, damn, Brand, what happened? I just pop my collar and I keep on laughing. If the beat keep knocking, I keep on rapping. Two moon rocks, I'm moonwalking like Michael Jackson. Um, I don't do this often, opening up to y'all. I love the summertime, but I make money in the fall. We used to be some athletes, first team and all, so I had to find some new ways to ball, and that's on God. So I used to be an athlete. So everything I'm doing, I just treat it as a sport. Rapping is a sport. I'm playing it for a while. And then I want to get into acting, like the song says. Uh, kick some more flows, then get into acting. One foot in the streets, but no more ski masking. is like one foot in the weed game still. I can't let that go. You know, I come from that background. But I don't have to hide it no more. My shit's going into dispensaries now, you know. Ooh, um, okay, cool. I got a cool major collab with uh, Natural Roots. Um, so pretty excited about that. They're a company in Hillsboro, and they're producing my blueberry pancakes in cartridge form, and it's going to all these dispensaries. So you see, whether it's rapping, acting, pushing blueberry pancakes, doing the Rip City Basement thing, it's all playing sports to me. So this acting thing is what I'm doing now as just like another sport, but it doesn't mean I'm gonna give up rapping or give up the blueberry pancakes or give up the radio show. I just, you know, wanted to be an actor. I always thought it would eventually come along with the entertainment thing. Well, what type of movies would you wanna be in? Like, I low-key wanna be in like Spanish soap operas. You know, do you, do you a little bit, yeah. yeah. Spanish soap operas. Or just soap operas in general. I think I have that look of just, you know, dun, dun, dun. Right. I think I can. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did one shoot with Nancy Ortiz and it was really cool. It was kind of like that style. I was the, the, the boyfriend who like ended up doing her dirty and like hooking up with one of her friends. Um, and so I enjoyed just seeing myself on camera, like with those types of looks, like you know, romantic kind of vibes. I thought I, I did good in that. And uh, other people seem to respond to it as well, so. So it's just, wait, okay, so, I got, the, the main question was, are you already, like, do you already have, like, some opportunities for acting coming your way, or is it, like, you're just slowly getting into it? Like, what, where, like, yeah, you're doing music, you're doing your weed, like, everything else but like with acting are you slow like are you in the game of it or is are there like what step like, do you understand what I'm saying totally yeah oh, really? um so what step uh for the past four years I've been working with independent film companies here in Portland mm -hmm. I've done a couple sitcoms I've done uh, a superhero movie oh, wow. I work with an all black production crew and that's kind of, so their festivals are kind of catered towards those style of, of film and, and video. 
and I'm the sound guy. I'm just holding the boom mic for now, you know, for, yeah, for, you know, for the past four years. And then being the boom mic guy, because I come from a sound, you know, background in school, so I just knew how to do that. But next thing you know, I kind of weasel my way into an extra role. And then I weasel my way into another extra role. And then the director's like, hey, we need somebody to play this bookie. And I was like, I'll do it. And so I get put on a collared shirt and I play the role of the bookie. I have one line and then I go back to doing sound. And so just little things like that to get my foot in the door, just so I can say, oh, I know what I'm doing when, when it's time to actually play the game. That's what I've been doing. And then my manager, well, she's now, she's my manager, but the, the woman who signed me as an artist to her label, she acquired a casting agency in Beverly Hills. So she, um, I was the first actor she signed when she acquired the company because she's, Blueberry Pancakes was the first song that I put out with her label. And she knows that I'm into act. I might kick some more flows and then get into acting. She already knows that I'm into it. So she was like, hey, this is seamless for me to sign you as an actor because if you land roles, that's gonna boost the music, which she owns 30% of, so why wouldn't she sign me? Win-win. You feel me? Mm. So. Smart, yeah. Hell yeah. Very cool. And music, do you have any upcoming songs or anything like that? Anything upcoming? Yes, bro, yeah. I I'm so excited actually. Um, I got hella energy right now, creative energy. So I'm like, knowing that uh, sometimes it goes like this and sometimes, you know, when it's up, I just do nothing but create. Right now I'm working with three different producers, three different types of music. Um, but it all makes sense why I'm doing it. Um, so I have a song coming out in two weeks called Mushroom Tea. And it's this producer, Jared Masters, down in Southern Oregon, where I grew up. And, you know, the song is real wavy, like, Gave me mushroom tea, what were you thinking? Yeah, it's real wavy, you know? Something chill. And then I come in, you know, and, like, say, just some, like, barely, very man a little voice, you know, like, yeah, baby, you know? You only pulled her because you sold her on your car some jewelry. I sit mushroom tea with a bitch and watch a Disney movie. That's what I'm here for, to open up some weird doors and explore my mental. Play with some instrumentals and colored pencils. What kind of music are you into? Vibes going up like crescendo. Sip yeah. some more and play Nintendo. Baby girl, you should be mine. Turn your legs into a peace sign. Besides the point, we roll joints and ride the baseline. Slow one at the red light. I'm trying to see what that headlight. I can shed light on certain situations you've been facing lately. I've been moving crazy, baby. I've been drinking. I've been thinking. Me and you together, we should get away for the weekend. Then write a love letter in the form of a poem and make you blueberry pancakes in the morn. Turn me on with this mushroom tea. Chicks TikTok, oh, yeah, yeah, dancing, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. whoa, what the fuck? This is sick. 
That's dope, bro. <laughs> Dude, so beginning having like a song, I guess like reach in the thousands or like plus, how's that feeling like? For some people that haven't like experienced that, like how is it? It feels so good to see people from my region support a song that's written about them. You know, because who else is repping Oregon like it's their set? Mostly people are like, yeah, I got a cousin from L.A., so, you know, I'm, I'm from L.A. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, I've been to the Bay Area. I'm a Bay boy. Like, no, bro, you're from here, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people aren't saying, like, I'm from Oregon, I'm from Oregon, I drink my coffee, smoke my reefer in the morning. This small town Dutch bros on every Kona, we take pride in growing marijuana. Nobody is, like, repping Oregon like it's their set. They're, they're just, like... They're not really bragging about like being from Oregon. You're trying to put Oregon on the map. I put Oregon on the map, baby. You know, like fuck all that shit, man. I'm I'm flexing. This is my state. Why did people move out here? I'm gonna tell you why. This is why. You know, hate it. Fine, but there's a lot of people, according to TikTok, that really really like it. So I'm catering to them. If if people don't resonate with it. Well, it's fine. It's not probably not for you, but it seems to be a lot of people from Oregon who are like, finally, somebody who's like, that's me up there, you know? There was this guy, he made like a clothing brand called like um, Portland Gear, the Portland Gear guy. I love I feel that. Like no one was really putting Portland like on the map like that, like with, with like the clothing wear and everything. And right when he came out with that, blew up. Yeah, yeah. the Portland Gear. You're doing, but with Oregon and music. Yeah, man. I'm into it, you know. And performances. What, actually, how many perform, live performances have you done? And do you still? <laughs> I couldn't count. Wow. What I was, what are your top three best performances that you've ever had? Like the crowd just went super wild. You had fun, like doing all that. Like, this is the best, I guess just like, one, one that you can like truly vividly remember like yo okay so my hometown shows I go, I go there every Thanksgiving weekend to throw one show and they saw me kind of rise up in, in the Portland scene on camera but they I held out for years I never played off a show a showcase a bar a grill never did that I waited until I got enough popularity to where they like really wanted to see me. And then when I came through, the shows would just sell out every every show. So those are my, that's my prize down there is going in front of my hometown where people know me as Brendan Reyes and not Bren Boy. And they say, oh yeah, Brendan, he sat with me on the ground and ate lunch with me when I was gothic in high school and nobody else liked me. I like him, you know? Whether I'm selling tires or music, they would have supported me anyways. So playing in front of 200 people, a room filled with that, where people are like, I love I love you, like, you know, and I'm like, I love you too, you know? Like, literally, that's the best feeling, is being in front of my hometown, Grants Pass, at the Sound Lounge, where they have the best sound in the town, period. Um, for as far as venues go and and everyone it's like a little mini reunion you know that's what makes me the happiest I've played the Roseland theater twice 
I've played Wonder Ballroom, I've played the Hawthorne six times. Um, those are all fun. Love all the venues. Shout out to all of them too, because they're great venues. I played the Star Theater, you know, recently opening for Schwazy. That was that was fun. Um, but my hometown, man, nothing beats that. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. That's sick. Wow. There's Dude. no competition down there for so people aren't rooting on my downfall. They're only rooting for me to go higher. Mm -hmm. Versus here in the city, there's so much people. They don't want me to be the Robin Hood story, the first guy to make it out of the Portland scene. There's been people that have made it from Portland, but not like working the scene, the circuit in Portland, and then all of a sudden they blew. That story hasn't happened yet. So I feel like a lot of different people are kind of competing for that spot. And, you know, I don't think the majority wants it to be me. I think they want it to be them, you know? <laughs> So in Southern Oregon, I don't have that, you know, from Eugene down, people are like, go further, go further, you know, versus like, oh, his success is my failure. That attitude doesn't exist down there. Everybody's rooting. It's, I mean, that's your hometown. It's my hometown. Yeah, yeah. of course. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of love down there. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole different vibe, man. But I love Portland, too, you know. Um, I moved up here in 08 and used Portland as like a... It's like an incubator, you know? It has like all the things you need here. You go try to build a career in LA, everything's gonna cost two grand. Just just to do it, you know? But up here you find you find ways to wiggle, network with people, you know. But I feel like in LA there's a lot of people to network with. Yeah? Absolutely. There's a lot of people down there. It's true. There is a lot of people and there's a lot of competition, other people that like, well, you're like, hey, I'm the man. I got bars for days. And the guy sitting right here is like, so? Me too. This is my cousin. He's got bars too. So what's really good? What, what's your purple cow? Uh, you and me are driving down the freeway, I-5 South. And we're bumping some jams. And you're looking out the window. You see a bunch of cows. You don't say anything. You see a purple cow. You say, Bren, slow down. Did you see that cow? It was fucking purple. Mm. And then when we go check it out, we realize, oh, it's just like all the other cows. But why did we slam on the brakes to go check it out? Because it's purple. It's a little different. So what's your purple cow? Oh, I'm good at rapping. So are all the other cows. Mm. We're all good at rapping. So what, what makes what makes you special? Stand out? What makes someone slam on the brakes and say, I actually want to listen to his music. Mm. It's not that they don't think you're good at making music. It's that they don't know who the fuck you are. And that's where marketing comes in. That's where marketing comes in. How do you get them to slam on the brakes and even hit the play button? What's your purple cow? I'm the blueberry, I'm the, I'm from Oregon guy with the blueberry pancakes for sale. That's my purple cow. Blueberry pancakes. You know what I'm like saying? That. That's, yo, about to get dispensaries. I mean, you obviously smoke them multiple times. How is it? The blueberry? Yeah. Everybody who's tried my shit, they're like, they all say this is special, you know, because the joints, you know, the song is blueberry pancakes wrapped in something tight with a little bit of syrup on the side. Blueberry pancakes wrapped in a joint paper with syrup on the side of the joint caked in two types of THC keef. So you get the blueberry weed wrapped in the joint paper with syrup on the outside of it, dipped in the keef. That's what makes the blueberry pancake joint so special. And when is it 
going into dispensaries. So that joint is a merch product that I sell mm -hmm. hand to hand. So, oh, so it's not. Yeah, so if people have those, like if you see people in the Instagram, like that's because they got they knew me directly. So it's like a NFT before NFT was a word, you know. It's like an exclusive thing, and I give there's a QR code on there for people to scan. It goes to the music. They get into the concerts for half off with the Whoa. if they have one. Holy shit! Because they're rare. Like you have to know you have to have gotten it from my hands to have those. So uh, the the dispensaries they're putting my cartridges out, the weed pens, these right here. I know you don't smoke, but these cartridges right here, you know, are filled with blueberry pancakes. Boom boom. You know, they come they come in cartridge form, and it's cured resin, which is the best way to process it. You know. Anyone who knows about oils, the cured resin cartridges are always like $5 more than the other ones because they're just top. top. So it's uh, blueberry muffins crossed with vanilla frosting. And it's that just, sounds good. It tastes so good, bro. <laughs> that sounds good. Yeah, it's stupid. Oof. Wow. Hell yeah. I was just smoked again. <laughs> <laughs> just for that, I'm like, whoa. Man. What about uh, like, like CBD or topicals? Do you do you mess with uh, any of that, or do you cut everything out? Okay, so I didn't cut out smoking like completely. Like if I'm feeling super duper stressed out or some shit, like I'll smoke, like I'll hit like like a one hit shit and then like be done. But I'm I'm not doing like every day or like every month or it's like every once in a while. Mm. Like I'm having like completely cut off. But it's to the point where I'm like barely doing enough to say I smoke. Got you, got you. You want to label yourself a stoner? Mm, not anymore. Got it. Bro, back in high school? God damn. Fuck yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's how I was in college, bro. Like the first couple, like, you know, when you're like 18, 19, you're on your own, you know? Mm. It's like, let me twist up, smoke, go to class, lunch break, we'll come back, finish that joint, go to class, you know? I don't know. I'd be on the phone too much with important people nowadays mm -hmm. to be like, yeah, I think that's a real good idea. Mm -hmm. Shit, I mean, whatever's clever, man. You know, <laughs> I got to be focused and sharp. Sharp, man. I believe I saw that you do yoga or some type of exercise. Yeah, I do a lot. I'm, I'm really into a lot of exercises. Meditation. Yeah, the, med the deep breathing, mm -hmm. meditation. I'm really into neuroscience. I would say as as obsessed as I am with rapping, I'm equally obsessed with neuroscience. What's that? Um, it's like that's like mental stuff, or like yeah, the science of the brain and just how your neural pathways mm. work. You know, like you have these neuroreceptors that kind of look like this, and in between them, it's like a little lightning bolt that that goes from one receptor to the other, and that's how you make a connection. Mm. You know, so like. You like Spanish, for example. We were, we were talking about Spanish. It's like, oh, I'm learning Spanish. Zzz, okay, there's a connection, and it's kind of loosely connected. But then you do it for another month, and it's more like this. And then you do it for another month, and it's more like this. You do it for a few years, and now this is like this connection is so strong, it's like not gonna break. You know what I'm saying? And then to lose it, you have to like unwrap that. You know, because every time you learn it, something little something gets wrapped around the neuroreceptor that strengthens that connection. 
So whatever you're trying to learn, it's like they say you can't teach old dog new tricks. We know from neuroscience that that's not true. You know, you can literally change. It's like you basically hypnotize yourself to create new neural pathways that resonate in your body as truth. And you do that so many times that that becomes your truth. No, you, no one can tell you different. You took a lie detector test and it'd be like, oh yeah, he believes exactly what he's saying. Do you believe in like the, I guess like affirmations or like, uh, not even affirmations. Yeah, affirmations, stuff that like programs your mind to think like a certain type of way. Does that similar to neuroscience in a way? It is, there, it, it, goes, is, it uh, goes hand in hand. It does. Yes, because like your brain waves, like right when you wake up, um, you're in like low beta brain waves. You know, it's very, you know, low, right? It's not like the, like, you know, like the frequency charts, like when you look at music, how it goes like this, you know, on, on a waveform. Well, like, it's not re going really fast and high. It's like pr probably pretty slow, you know? Um, and then when you look at your phone and you realize you have 10 text messages, then you're like, Wait, hold on. Now your brain kind of gets sharpened, and now it's kicking into alpha brain waves. So now you're kind of like attentive. You drink that coffee. Now you're in high alpha. Are you a coffee drinker? Hell no. No. <laughs> well, I, yeah, you, you seem pretty calm and relaxed. Me, I'm like way too hypey, bro. Uh, energy. I got too much energy. Uh, but you know, like you get into high alpha brain waves. And then throughout the day, like, you know, typically people, you know, or not typically, but like normal people who, you know, work regular jobs or maybe stay hunched over like this all day, right? You're, you're like constantly like talking and not breathing. But then at 420, when you sit down, people think, oh, I'm getting stoned, so I'm calming down. I think... I don't know if it's the weed. It's just all day you've been going, you finally sat down and you postured yourself a certain way and you took a deep breath. You haven't done that all fucking day. Mm. Is it the weed or is it the just the fact that you've calmed your brain waves into delta brain waves or, or converting those delta brain waves into something like gamma brain waves, which is the same state of mind as meditating monks you tweak that one more step maybe take six more breaths you can tweak it into theta brain waves which is the state same state as hypnosis so now that's when you can like literally you know you get into like when you're dreaming you're in theta so you're like you don't know the difference. There Your was, brain doesn't know the difference, you know? Nice. There was this uh, this guy at like this festival, and he he was like a hypnosis, hypnosis what, what are they called? Uh, hypnotherapist? Hypnotherapist, something, something like, like that. that. He just brought a bunch of people on stage, and he just started hypnotizing them. And it's like, my brother actually went up. We thought, dude, it's not gonna work at all. Like, this is some bullshit, like I don't believe in that hypnosis oh. shit. And then he went on stage, my brother and I were looking at our other brother and we were just like, okay, is he really gonna fall for it? And bro, he went straight to sleep. And then woke up and started making like chicken noises and moving around <laughs> where it's like, bro, what the fuck? People really do this? Did you videotape them? Yeah, well, ah, uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> but yo, oh, and when he got out of it, he didn't remember anything. 
Mm. It's like, I really did that? I'm like, yeah. But, dude, like, yeah, like, you know that shit? Crazy, right? Because, like, when, when they put you into, when you're in this, those theta brainwaves, mm. you're very suggestible. So if someone tells you something, you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Because they, they put you in those brain waves. That's why the meditation and the yoga is so important. Is because when people are doing these practices, they're putting themselves in those states of mind to where those possibilities can exist. But we know this from science that two opposite emotions can't reside at the same space at the same time. So if you're feeling love, you can't feel hate. It's impossible. So how do you live from the centers of the heart, you know? Um, how do you get that brain-to-heart coherence going? It's yeah. through the meditation and the yoga and calming of the brain waves to even get yourself there so that you can suggest to yourself a calmer, cooler reality. Like that. Am I talking crazy right now? Or well, am I making sense? sense? I don't know. A med meditating uh, meditation I've actually thought about doing that like three days ago I thought about it like right I believe yeah three days ago it's like dude I should start getting into meditation and then we're having this conversation it's like bro like that's weird what? yeah that's really <laughs> weird. Uh, I feel like everything is connected in a certain way like you, that's probably weird to say but yeah you know, like after taking shrooms bro that's what I realized like bro everything's connected for real yeah bro. after taking shrooms dude that shit was tripping that was tripping the fuck out. You showed so, me a lot. So did you see anything? Visuals? Like, <laughs> no, but <clears throat> like my eyes were closed the whole time. And I was just somewhere else. Like I, My body was here, but I was somewhere else. Damn. And a whole lot of information, like secret knowledge or whatever, was just flowing in. Because I was just like so calm. Dude, that's next level. Yeah, dude, I don't remember any of it. Except like... <laughs> I mean, it was a what lot of hell? information. Dude, I don't fucking remember all of it. But yeah, it was. It was chill. There's this thing, like they call it the Akashic Records, mm. and they, it's like they, it supposedly anyone can access it. Mm. But it, like what you're talking about, that like universal truth, universal consciousness, universal messages. You know, it's it's called universal for a reason. It's because it's the same in the unified field. Mm and not in this, you know, flesh. So it's like, when you access your, the same frequency that that truth lives on, that's what you get. Wow, like, I feel like we're all able to access that truth. It's just, I don't know. Are you willing it's, to take the shrooms? Or are you, are you willing <laughs> to do the, the, because when, you know, the shrooms, like you're releasing chemicals and you're releasing things that you can release yourself your pineal gland your brain is like a real stingy pharmacist it's got all these feel-good chemicals and shit but it's like nah man you're gonna have to eat some chocolate if you want to feel or you got to have some sex or run a mile if you want to oh, feel this awesome. you're gonna have to go do some shrooms if you want me to release that mm -hmm. but all that stuff including dmt mm -hmm. dimethyltryptamine it's all in the pineal gland so how do you start to release that we know chocolate sex, running a mile, doing shrooms, there's all sorts of ways, but you can do this naturally with the breath. Why is it running? Uh, <laughs> you see, eventually your, your spinal fluid 
this is some nerdy shit we're getting into. Your podcast is, is going to be very diverse I mean, this time. Who's who's ever sticking all the way through this, like this part? Bravo! You're, Shout you're out gonna to learn. You. You're gonna learn a lot more. Shout <laughs> out to you because I'm I'm loco for choco puffs, man. I don't know what's wrong with me. Uh, so at the bottom of your spine is your sacrum. It's like an upside down triangle, and when you uh, breathe in, it flexes forward, and when you breathe out, it flexes back. Remember in middle school or elementary school when we did the parachute things and you would everyone hold it and you go like this You go underneath it and they throw a ball in the middle and you can move it around Because what happens when you do this you propagate a wave and it pushes something right so your sacrum with this consistent breathing whether it's Meditation and yoga or when you're sleeping It's real consistent or when you're running Or when you're playing sports, you know all this consistent breathing, it propagates a wave which pushes your spinal fluid up, and when when it goes, when you breathe in, it pushes it down, mm -hmm. and then you breathe out and it pushes it up, and then you breathe in, it goes down. So the idea is, how do I get the spinal fluid to get to the brain? Because once you get it to the brain, that's when the magic starts to happen. That's when the chemicals release. Mm -hmm. So you do you once you can get this whole flow. Up, and it might take six breaths, it might take 30 breaths. Some people are so trained they can do it in three breaths. I've done it in one, several times. Um, once it gets through like what people call like the chakra system, you know, when it gets to the brain, this is why smokers or anyone who's ever smoked has an advantage in this game of breath work because it's the same breath. When you push it to the top and you hold it, you squeeze and you create what's called intrathecal pressure, and it stresses the pineal gland, which forces it to release the, the chemicals. Mm -hmm. So the breath kind of sounds like this, and I'll do it loud so people who are listening or watching can hear it. It's like, hold it at the top. Hey man, you wanna hit this shit real quick? You just did the breath with me. Yeah. You we're not smoking anything, but how do you feel? <laughs> feel calm. Kind of calm, right? Yeah. If we did that six times, you can imagine that feeling's gonna keep going, right? Next thing you know, you're releasing some crazy things in your brain that is doing magical things, you know? You literally can, you know, release DMT microdose just... from your brain. Now you're going on, you're seeing things messages and you're hearing messages quicker than the speed of light mm. you know but that's how you connect that's why the third eye shit is so big with hippies and uh people who do psychedelics they're all into this third eye shit right because you're, you're literally you know mm. you're transducing or transmuting signal into audio or visual just like a tv or a radio would work have you been to any race oh yeah growing yeah, up man yeah. like back back backwoods parties and raves like that oh hell yeah but not recently really i've been to a couple i'd like to get into like performing at those type mm. of edm venues so have you have you just been making music you haven't been like going out and like having fun or what, what's your i definitely have fun man okay. I'm, I'm i'm not a square bear by all mm. means you know i go out and party you know i definitely you know do my thing, my macadelic thing. I have good summers every summer, you know, play a lot of disc golf. Um, 
but just like my main focus is this is more so what my focus is is this energy work and um and working with other people one-on-one -on, -one on their energy you know or their goals like being a master manifester it's like well can you help other people mm -hmm. do that you believe energy and breathing helps you elevate not just well mentally everything everything scientifically how could it not mm -hmm. Good. If you constantly start meditating again, <laughs> if you're because like when you're you know the feeling of anger. Mm. When's the last time you felt anger? Oh, uh, I mean I felt it like a couple weeks ago, but I just go boxing. I do, uh, I do training because I don't like that build up. It, right when I feel, I'm like okay, I gotta do something. That's so smart. I don't know. I I, I just grew up around people that work out that are able to like do that you yeah. know what I mean it's like watching that it just made sense right but it sucks for people that have that that build up all the time and there's weed that helps I guess I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's weed you can always give that a shot yeah. you know <laughs> so well I mean look at just nature like ducks they do the same thing like you see when you, you ever fed ducks with bread they'll fight over the same piece of bread and when one like mother fucks the other one and this one like loses there you don't see them just like be like well I lost they go they start flapping their wings really high they like come out of the water and they're like Ugh. and then they go back to floating and they do that because they have to get that like negative energy that anger out before they can start floating the water calm because if they don't they'll float and they'll come off balance They'll fall, they'll like, they won't be able to swim right, you know? Because they're literally not balanced. Holy shit. So it's kind of... I know that at all. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're doing is so smart. Like, mm. I'm mad, man. I need to go hit the bag, you know? Yeah, and then right after, I feel really good, and then just go about my day. That's genius level. <laughs> what do you do? Uh, well, first of all, I try to transduce that signal of anger. So like anger lives on if we me if you measure it it lives at like 130 hertz it's really low we're supposed to be at 432 and above you know like love is up there at like 500 you know content is like 432 so like joy happiness that all lives up, up here if you're feeling things of anger and upset and mad and fight those are all those are all really low vibratory states when you measure your brain waves with an EEG scanner you can look at it on the screen oh yeah this person is angry hey look at they're at 131 Hertz you can see it so it's like do you want results that live on 132 Hertz or do you want results that live on those big ones because hey me I'm up on I'm up man you can probably wow. sense my energy from sitting here like I'm gotta be high you know energy because outcomes that live on those high frequencies you only get them if you're there if you're on 130 you're not gonna get outcomes that I'm getting I can promise you that the people you're around are they at that level of energy I guess frequency or like are they like you in a way so, some people are like mm. I, I hang out in if it, was, if it was like a cafeteria, high school cafeteria, every day I'm at a different lunch table. But I don't have my own table. 
You see what I'm saying? I'm sometimes I'll hang with people here and they're one way. And then sometimes I'll hang with a group here and they're the opposite way. I'll hang with these people over here and they're different than the other two. So the thing is for me to, to be this way and like a guitar string, you kind of resonate. Like if you pluck one string, the string right next to it vibrates a little bit, right? So it's, you better have your shit tuned properly. Mm. Otherwise the person right next to you is gonna get a different vibration that's a little off. So I wanna come in, if I'm gonna sit within three, we usually have about like a three foot radius that we give off. If I'm gonna sit within three feet of you, you know, I happen to like you, man. I don't wanna give you a, a bad read. I don't want you to sit here and be like, he was just real negative the whole time. You know what I'm saying? That, that's not a good for you. I don't like being around people that are negative. Like, I mean, okay, so if they're my best homie, I can like deal with it for a little bit, like, bro. But I'm gonna like let them know, like, yo, like, what the fuck is up? But then I'm gonna eventually just be like, all right, like, just go work out. We might be dealing with some shit, and you know, it's like, I feel like for me, it's pretty easy to get out of that mentality like if I were to even be in a negative mentality I'd be able to get out because mm -hmm. I've trained or it's it's more of it's more of words like the, the way I use my words like if I were to be like oh I'm just like whatever that's not how I use words like I, I switch it up because I feel like their energy mm -hmm. like the way you speak the way you use words, mm -hmm. I feel like that that presents how you are. Like, if you're saying negative shit all the time, you're a negative fucking person. <laughs> I don't want to, you know? Thank you, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's simple as that. It's very simple. <laughs> yeah. That's hella funny, bro, because it, it's, people are looking for some extra esoteric <laughs> answer, some crazy book that's hidden in the back, but it's like, dude, it's right here in front of you. It's I don't, I don't get down with the whole, you know, I have a martial arts background, you know, I was, like I said, I was, I was in the military, you know, didn't mix martial arts in there, was a black belt in Taekwondo, wrestled in high school, you know, but as you know from training, that doesn't mean you want to go out and look for a street fight, you almost don't, You're, it's almost yeah. the opposite. That's true, I feel like the ones that, that have that background don't really try to pick fight well some some do but personally like the ones that I've, I've been around they don't try to like pick fights with anyone because it's like I, I don't I don't think they're like pussies in a way because they're not like really looking for it they're just like in control of themselves mm -hmm. like, they know what they like are capable of and why the fuck would they want to do that to someone if they don't have to thank you very well said makes sense. very well said yeah Cool. Um, do I, I believe you have an upcoming uh, song coming out? Yes. Yes. What is it called? One more time. Mushroom Teague's coming Mushroom out Teague. with uh, Jared Masters. He's Jared the Masters. primary artist on it, and I'm featured on it with Ooh. with a dope ass verse. It's yes, coming yes, out yes. here at the end of August, so August. be on the lookout for that, everybody. Thank you. And your Instagram, social medias, where everyone can just reach you. You guys can find me on. Um, Tinder, um, <laughs> Farmers Only, yeah. uh, Christian Mingle, 
Uh, all my social media folk, you can find me at Brimboy503, everywhere like air. That's YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, blah, 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 blah. Brimboy503. This is Cool Vibes. We're out. Hey. Hell yeah. Man.